time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> it may be the nighttime, but the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you on this Tuesday evening live in the Kia Studios. Going to be with you for the full three. We ask you to download the Odyssey app. You're not in the car as much. You want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. You can use your smartphone. You can do it on your tablet. You can do it on your Alexa speakers or your digital pager or your light bright. Or your PDA, whatever. I don't think those things huh? have internet access, John. Excuse me? John Chuckery. I don't think light brights have internet access. How about your uh, toaster oven? There probably is a, a toaster oven with internet access okay. these days. Um, refrigerators? Refrigerators, absolutely. You can okay. watch TVs in those things now. Oh, wow. I've got to get with the times. I've Apparently just gotta, so. I've just got an old-fashioned whirlpool. You know, those things tell you now when you're out of stuff in the fridge. Huh? It'll be like, hey... You're out of milk. You need to go buy milk. The fridge tells you when you're out of milk. But what if I don't want milk? Well, what if I don't? What if I only drink almond milk? Well, then t- it, it will it will tell you when you're out of almond milk, and then it will order the almond milk for you. From who? From wherever you want it. Oh. Well, <laughs> that's how fancy fridges are these days, man. They do the work for you. There are some sources that I don't want their milk from, but anyway, um, had seven oh one. Yeah, and, and 30. 701 yeah. 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 So, anyway. Um, at JMCH316 on my personal Twitter page, at Orrin Romain on uh, his uh, Twitter page. So, I guess I'm the next one up, um, you know, for all this. Uh, you know, again, I don't know if we're going to make sense of all this stuff with the Falcons and all that kind of stuff. Let, let's let's talk about a couple of other things separate of the, uh, the Falcons verse. Hawks get a much-needed win. And, um, look. Doesn't matter. You beat a team that had lost 23 games in a row. How about some of these losing streaks in the NBA? 23 for San them. San Antonio's, what, 18, 19 now? Yeah, well, uh, but they were 28, weren't they? And the, they, they had played, no, sorry, they, they had played 22 games and lost 19 in a row, having played 22 games earlier in the year. And by the way, I, what, tomorrow night when the Hawks take on Houston, we're a third of the way through the season, are we not? That would be correct. They're what ten? They have uh, twenty six wins, or sorry, twenty six games. I mean, yeah. So they have, they have twenty six games. I think think tomorrow night makes a third of the way through the season. So we keep saying, "Oh, it's early. It's early. It's early." They're eleven and fifteen, and and I'll say this, and and we're going to talk to Brad Rowland coming up at seven forty. Okay, so we'll get into some Hawks discussion. But Jalen Johnson must be the MVP of the league. It, it, he he must be the highest wins above replacement player in NBA history because, and I love Jalen Johnson, and this is not nothing about Jalen Johnson, but to hear Hawks 
pundits, fans, oh, everything tanked with James Robinson. Don't we have a max extension guy on our roster, Orn? Okay, don't we also have a super max all-NBA player on our roster? And a guy that's made 15 starts or whatever in the NBA is why we're 11 and 15? Huh? What? Wet? In the words of Hugh Douglas, wet? You know, it's weirdly weird enough when when Quinn took this job, one of the things that he was very much attracted to was the potential of Jalen Johnson. And now I guess Jalen Johnson is the most important person on this team now because it's he's the no no he's the most important player in the league. There you go. I mean Giannis, Embiid, Jokic. those guys don't hold yeah those guys don't hold a candle to Jalen Johnson. But no yeah Quinn he, he talked about his versatility he was just there was so many things he was just enamored with with Jalen Johnson coming into this job that like the, there was a, just the, the future of the Hawks was going to be you know. How far, you know, what can we do with the advancement and, and, and growth of Jalen Johnson? And, I mean, to Jalen's credit, now, he he put up really good numbers. He shot the ball extremely well. And, and he's their best wing defender. Best I wing defender, all, all that stuff, yeah. I get all that. But you're built around a max extension guy and a super max player. There are 13 super max guys in the NBA. That's the two guys you're built around. And I'm not taking anything away from Jalen Johnson and his importance, but if we're this bad without Jalen Johnson, what does that say about what we are with a roster? And I said this, did I not say this last week? We're a flawed roster. We're we're more than just, hey, let's bring in a new coach and everything will get fixed. Now, they'll be in Houston, you know, coming up tomorrow night. So we'll see if they can beat the Rockets, and we'll see. We'll see, huh? The Rockets. Yeah, Rockets. The Rockets are the R O C. The women who dance in the K E T S. Those are the the young ladies who dance in in New York. It's the, just like that big ship. The Rockets that, that drowned. T I T A N I C. It's like that big ship. Why? Again, you don't have to repeat what? yourself when you spell that. What? The Titanic there, yes. Well, I, you took a, there's a pause. I don't, I don't, you don't have to pause. Yeah. Well, that's how it's spelled though. But there's no there's no there's no hyphen. Huh? What? There's no punctuation in between those letters, John. I I I don't know about that. There's no English rule that says you have to pause in because between that, those two that letters. Is a, that is a three letter word in the dictionary. Is it not? So yeah, the Hawks are up and down right now, John Jucker, yes. Very much so. And Jalen Johnson is it's gonna be a long three integral hours for you. It's gonna be a long three hours. <laughs> Who well, you, you telling that? It's already seven oh six, and I want to leave. <laughs> um, we'll talk to Eric Ed Holm coming up at eight twenty. We'll get into some NFL and some NFL draft talk because, again, I'm going to talk about this in the next segment. The Falcons at this point only can do one thing and one thing only going into next season, and and we'll talk about all of that here. In just a little bit. We're going to talk to Eric at home coming up at 820. We're also going to talk to Scott Bear coming up at the 9 o'clock. And um, we'll hear as well, have you got some of that audio from Arthur Blank with Jeff Hollinger? Oh, do I? Okay. So we'll hear some of that in the Falcon flyover. Because we're going to hear from Arthur's presser. We'll talk. We'll hear about Arthur Blank and what he had to say with Jeff Hollinger on 
He's now on GPTV, you said. I know he's not I know no, he's GPTV, not with eleven. Yeah. yeah, I know he's not with eleven alive. I used to run into Jeff when I would do TV on Eleven Alive and, and see him every now and then. I'm glad you Great said run into him on TV instead of some other run into location, so to speak. Oh, well, listen, I, I would gladly run into Don White or Jennifer Bellamy or people like that, but um what? Full speed? <laughs> anyway, um, Carson Beck stays. Dylan Raiola goes. Okay. Um, I'd rather have the known in Carson Beck. I'll say it like that. Is Carson? Let me let me ask it realistically. You think Carson Beck can have some Heisman buzz going into next year? Can can he be a Heisman buzz kind of guy? I'm not saying win the Heisman or anything like that. I'm saying Heisman buzz going into next year. But he stays. Dylan Raiola goes. Good luck at uh, uh, the the freaky uh, Husker, freaky Huskers. So we'll see what the, what happens there. Um, obviously, the Falcons made a move today. Taylor Heineke is going to start at quarterback. I don't know if it's for the rest of the year, week to week, whatever like that, as he replaces Desmond Ritter. And obviously, um, you know, Falcons and Indianapolis Colts, who, by the way, they're two games above 500. Shocking. Two games above 500 uh, for the Colts. Who, who's their quarterback? Andrew Luck? Is he their quarterback nowadays? Is it Peyton Manning? Is that He's, he's the quarterback, right? Burt Jones? Who? Burt Jones. No, not him either. Johnny Unitas? N- no. Who's their quarterback nowadays? Who? Gardner Minshew. Huh? What? Who? Gardner Minshew, the guy who rides around the van. Huh. He's the mustache guy, right? Huh. Um, but anyway, look. I I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say. It, it was a dreadful loss for the Falcons. And and everybody had a hand in losing that game. And yes, and I got into arguments about this on Twitter. Desmond Ritter threw a dreadful pass near the end of that game. They couldn't do anything on offense. And I know weather was a factor. Bijan fumbling. But what what you let me put it like this, Oren. Let me say it like this. And I know people aren't gonna like this, but that's okay. At JMSH316 on Twitter. Okay. By the way, Rankham is gonna come up at 940 tonight. Your most important drive of the year. Your most important drive for the entire season was stopping Carolina from going down and scoring. And they drove it 95 yards downfield. You know why they only scored nine points? Because they took a knee twice at the one-yard line. They took a knee twice at the one. If that's the third quarter, they punch it into the end zone. So miss me with all that with no context or anything to it. You compounded a mistake and made it worse by allowing the one of the 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 offense that averages the least yards per play in the NFL. They're one of the lowest scoring offenses. They score 14 points a game. They're a dreadful offense. Bryce Young was shot putting the football. Shot putting the football. And we allowed them to drive 95 yards. That's making a horrible mistake worse. 
And that's the Falcon season in a nutshell. Quarterback play has been dreadful. Dreadful with all of the turnovers. And I'm a Desmond Ritter guy. I'm a Desmond Ritter fan. And all the and I get so many things on Twitter. All the theories and the speculation and we need this guy. Let me tell you something about the league right now. Most of the quarterback play is trash. Most of your offenses across the league are trash. Trash, trash, trash. Most of your head coaches aren't very good. The league is not filled with Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. Offensive minds, hey, the Philadelphia Eagles right now are what, 11 and th- uh, four or three? 11 and four? I think they're 11 and four right now, right? Am I right on that, Oren? Let me see here real quick. I want to make sure I get the get the actual number. They're um they're 10 and 4 right now. 10 and 4. Only one team in their conference has more wins than Philadelphia, and you would think the sky is falling in Philadelphia. Oh, Jalen Hurts is this, he, their defense is that. All blah 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 blah. And they've lost to the best team in the conference and maybe the NFL in the 49ers and the Cowboys over these last few weeks. That's two of their three losses. Those are two of the best teams in the NFL. By the way, um, who, who, who's the leader right now for defensive rookie of the year? I'm trying to remember what that guy's name is that plays defensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. He played at um, played somewhere here. Was it Kennesaw Jaylen State? Jalen Carter. Oh, oh. He's kind of the front runner for defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, huh? Yeah, probably. Mm, okay. All right. I said this to Carl, and well, I, Freaky wasn't in here, but I said this to Carl. Uh, the unintended consequence, if Matt Ryan could have stayed one more year versus having Arthur Smith and Marcus Mariota mentoring this kid. He's done some good things, but the turnovers are dreadful. When he threw that pick Sunday, I was like, oh, oh, you can't do that. Can't do that with the lead. And then they compounded by allowing him to drive 95 yards down the field. It's a crap show. And you know what I keep saying? I keep saying this over and over, Orrin. You've heard me say it. The biggest thing for me is that they have played a dreadful schedule against dreadful quarterbacks, dreadful teams, dreadful coaches, and they haven't taken advantage. Their division is the lowest winning percentage division in NFL history. History. Since the NFL went to divisional play, there has not been a lower winning percentage division than the 2023 NFC South. And they have done nothing to take advantage of it. Zero, zip, nada. And I'm not a fire everybody kind of guy, but something has to be different about this organization. All right, when we get back, the Falcons have... 
one uno uh choice to make no matter who's here, no matter who goes. I'll give it to you next. Chuck Green at Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92 on the game, Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 92.9, the game, back at a Chuck Reese show, hanging out in the Key Studios, Tuesday night with you. 404-726-0929, that is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. We'll talk to our buddy Brad Rowland, host of Locked On Hawks, coming up here in about 20 minutes from right now as they get a much-needed win, and um, we'll talk about uh, the Hawks being about a third of the way through the season and uh, what's going to happen from here, but... Look, obviously, um, and and we'll get to the Falcon file, but we'll hear from Arthur Smith. Uh, we'll hear from Arthur Blank as he did a sit-down interview with Jeff Hullinger on GPTV. And, you know, spoiler alert, they're going to wait till the end of the year to do anything. And I, I, I completely understand that. And that's not Arthur's style is to, to normally do that. He's had his moments here or there where he's made decisions in season, but – they're going to let this thing play out. But here's the thing, okay? This is what we know now. I don't care if Arthur Smith goes or stays. I don't care if Terry Fontenot goes or stays. I don't care if Desmond Ritter goes or stays. You have to whatever that first pick is. Right now, it's number 10. If they don't win the division, It'll be somewhere in the top 10. If they win the division, it'll be 19. But no matter where you pick at top 10 or 19, there is only one choice that you have, and that is you have to draft quarterback. No ifs, ands, or buts. I don't want to hear about best available player. I don't want to hear about best athlete. I don't want to hear about best pick for that position. I don't care. You have to draft a first-round quarterback. And guess what? Percentages say you're going to get that pick wrong. And you know what you do? In a couple of years, you go back and draft it again. That's how you have to do it in the NFL. You're not a good enough team and a good enough roster to attract high-dollar free agent quarterbacks that are going to come in here and turn this thing around. And I don't, again, people still hanging on to the idea of we should have signed Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was never available. Lamar Jackson was never an unrestricted free agent in the NFL. Never, ever, ever, ever did he spend one second as an unrestricted free agent. Nobody bid for Lamar Jackson because everybody knew what the deal was. He's going back to Tampa, or sorry, uh, to Baltimore. Justin Fields, not an answer. What have the Bears done in his three years? Other than he's been hurt a lot, he's 8 and 27 for his career. How is that better? If you guys don't want Arthur Smith and you're going to bring him in here, where he needs a bunch of coaching, what good is that going to do? And you're going to have him for one year, unless you're going to tell me you're going to pick up his fifth-year option at $24 million and then sign him 
or have a year to evaluate. That makes no sense. The one thing that I know the Falcons have to do, no ifs, ands, and listen, I'm a defensive line. I'm an offensive line guy. But if you don't have a quarterback, you have to find a quarterback. And, I, again, there are a couple of names that I don't want. I don't want Bo Nix. You pick 18, 19, 20, 9, 10, 11. I don't want Bo Nix anywhere around this organization. I don't believe in Bo Nix. I don't think Bo Nix will be a good quarterback in the NFL. Nothing about Bo Nix excites me. I'll take Drake May. I'll take Caleb Williams. Hell, I'll even roll the dice if it becomes later in the draft uh, a Michael Penix. I, I'll, you have to draft quarterback in your first round. There's no other option. If they draft anything besides quarterback, they're not a serious organization. And I don't care if Terry Fontenot stays or goes, Arthur Smith stays or goes, if you don't draft quarterback in the first round this year when you have nothing at quarterback, and I'm a Desmond Ritter fan, I believe in Desmond Ritter, I think he's done some good things, but the mistakes are just critical and bone-crushing and just back-breaking. And it's on and on and on. It's week 15, and the same mistakes that he was making in the beginning of the year are still happening. So I'm telling you, if you don't draft quarterback in the first round, wherever you pick, then this franchise is never going anywhere. Never. I don't care if Arthur Blank owns it. And Arthur Blank's not selling the team, folks. There's nothing about Arthur Blank that he's waking up tomorrow morning and saying, maybe I should just sell this franchise. And the NFL isn't littered with all these great coaches in the league, offensive coordinators. There's a guy here and a guy there. And most of those guys will be fired in three years. Staley was one of the hot young guys, right? They got their first-round quarterback, Justin Herbert. They've got Khalil Mack. They've got Bosa. They've got, uh, who's the guy? Uh, Jalen, um, or um, uh, the safety out of uh, Derwin James. You got all these high-caliber players, and they can't win. The Andy Reeds and the Kyle Shanahan's are, and Pete Carroll's are few and far. Bill Belichick? Why would Bill Belichick come to the Atlanta Falcons? Why? Because he likes chicken wings. Are, are they going to pay him $30 million a year? Because that's the only way you're getting Bill Belichick down here. The only thing that I can guarantee you is that if the Falcons don't draft a first-round quarterback, it's going to be the same cycle over and over again. And like I said, stats tell you that they probably won't hit. Hey, remember when I gave you the breakdown of the Cincinnati Bengals from the time that they drafted Boomer Esiason and got to the Super Bowl in, what, 89? And then drafted Joe Burrow and got – what year was this? were they in the Super Bowl? Was that 2019 – no, no, sorry, 2021? 2021? They went 30 years in between Super Bowl appearances. They still haven't won a Super Bowl. 
They've gone 30 years. And you know what they did? I gave the breakdown. They drafted Carson Palmer, number one. They drafted Akili Smith, number two or three. They drafted David Klingler, number five, six. Whatever. They drafted um, uh, the, uh, Andy Dalton in the second round. They drafted and drafted and drafted until they hit Joe Burrow 30 years later and then finally ended up in a Super Bowl. That's the league, folks. That's why when everybody wanted Matt Ryan gone for years and years, that's why you see teams hang on for dear God life to franchise caliber quarterbacks because they don't grow on trees. Those guys are few and far between. The Pat Mahomes of the world are the freaks of nature. They are. And if they're not going to draft a quarterback in the first round, because that's where you got to go get your guys. Sorry, the the Brock Purdy's of the world, we ain't got anybody that's going to develop Brock Purdy. We don't have the best play caller in the NFL. Maybe the best head coach in the NFL. And by the way, you know why they're so good? Because they're the best line of scrimmage team in the, in the NFL by far. Three different quarterbacks, Oren, and two different head coaches have gotten them to five of the last ten conference title games with three quarterbacks and two different head coaches. Why? Because they're the best line of scrimmage organization in the NFL. They have the best tackle in the NFL. They have the best defensive line in the NFL. And they influence the game where it matters most. We're getting off on a side tangent. But this is just pitiful to watch week in and week out. And you're not going to fix it signing some freeloader off the street, Johnny Four Fingers coming in off the street, Draft your guy, develop him, just like we did before. And you most likely won't get that draft pick right. But you go back into the well and you do it again. Sorry, but that's unfortunately, that's usually what it takes. Unless you get super lucky, unless you get Russell Wilson and you have the best defense in the last 25 years, a historically good defense, not a not a really good defense, a historically dominant great defense, and you have the best running back in the NFL, then you can find your Russell Wilsons to run your organization. When you have those things in place, then you can find Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is a rookie. What do you think you'd do with this roster? They wouldn't do anything. They might make the playoffs, but they're not a Super Bowl contender. Draft your quarterback in the first round. And look, do I want to see Jared Verse in a Falcons uniform in the worst way? You betcha. I am all about that dude. And turn his motor loose and let him go eat quarterbacks. I wouldn't feed him all week long. I'd give it to him on Sunday and say, guess what? See that quarterback with a turkey leg around his neck? Go eat him. Go eat his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. 
I'd turn him loose in a heartbeat. But you have to go draft your quarterback. You're in desperate mode. And if I hear anything about best available player, best pick, best athlete, whatever, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to go up to Flowery Branch, stick my finger down my throat, and throw up in that complex. Please don't do that. I'm going to stick my finger down my throat and throw up in that, in that what, what's that thing called, the, the Ticketmaster Studios? Don't throw up at I'm the gonna Ticketmaster Studios. I'm going to barf. I'm going to go up there and go, and I'm just going to, I'm going to stick a, a metal rod down my throat and just heave ho everything in my stomach all over the place. I, I, got, I got to advise against that, John Chuckery. That's where we're at. There's no other option, folks. None. Ryan Tannehill, Kurt Ka, none of those, none of those are options. None of those are options. And guess what? Drafting a second round or a third round quarterback, taking a flyer on a guy. Nope. Nope. You have to draft a first round talent quarterback, no matter what. And we'll see if they do it, because I truthfully, I don't have enough faith to tell you that they're going to do it. They'll look at this situation, and I don't know what they're going to do with it. But if they don't do that, finger down the throat in the Ticketmaster Studios, barfing all over the place, Orn. Brad Rowland from Locked On Hawks. When we get back, Chuck Rini Key Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at a Chuck Reese show, hanging out in the Kia studios on this Tuesday night with you. 404-726-0929, that is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, Hawks get a much-needed win last night, as Quinn Snyder said. Look, a win in this league is a win in this league. Um, listen, doesn't matter if you beat a team that has now lost 24 straight. You take every win that you can get in the NBA. So let's head out to the wadefort.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy, Brad Rowland. He, of course, is the host of the Locked On Hawks podcast, a, a daily podcast about everything the Atlanta Hawks. You can follow Brad on his personal Twitter page, at BT Rowland. And as always, Brad, appreciate a few minutes uh, on the show this evening. It's my pleasure. Happy to do it anytime. So, Brad, I can have this discussion with you because we'll have a, a rational discussion and things like that, okay? But if you're telling me, and I'm not trying to diminish what Jalen Johnson means to this team, but after a 4-2 and two start, they're 7-13, and 13, I believe, from, from that point. And a lot of folks point to what Jalen Johnson means to this team. And I get He's, he's been a really good offensive player. He's your best wing defender. I get all of that. But if you're telling me that a team that has a max extension guy and a super max player where there's only 13, 14, 15 of those guys in the NBA and a couple of all you know NBA players, that a guy who has six career starts going into this season, he must be the biggest wins above replacement guy <laughs> 
in the history. Forget Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell. He's got to be the biggest wins above replacement guy based upon what folks are telling me. Yeah, I, I totally get your point. Uh, obviously, it is a real loss. Jalen Johnson is a very, very impactful two-way player, but it does, to your point, kind of expose some of the potential weaknesses of this team. I mean, you, you shouldn't be in a, a position where if you're going to lose one guy, um, albeit an important player, for not that long. I mean, it's, only, it's been a few weeks. It's not crazy by the length of an NBA injury. And, you know, there are other pieces of context. This guy's been difficult. All this stuff, I can give you all the talking points if you want me to, but – uh, I agree with the general premise. Like it is a loss, but it shouldn't be a situation where you go from being in a team that's in pretty good shape to you know before last night losing what eight out of ten games or something like that without Jalen Johnson. So uh, he is important, but it does kind of reveal some of the depth, some of the size flaws that they have, and especially on defense. So, you know, to that point, um, you know, and look, I I, I understand. The offseason. I, I never thought they were going to make any kinds of big moves. Other, they, they moved on from John Collins. And, and Brad, I, I think you may or may not agree, with me, but that's a salary dump. I mean, that that's yeah. that's get below the luxury tax. And I get all that. And I understand that. And I understand being below the luxury tax and not being there just for the sake of being there. But if you're going to sell me on – hey, we're going to run these guys back because they had time with Quinn Snyder and he's had last year and the spring and summer and training camp and all that, then you can't be 11 and 15 a third of the way through the season and barely hanging on to one of the last play-in spots. Like, I I just, again, I I look at their roster as, as fundamentally flawed, and I don't know what that flaw is besides size, but... You can't sell me on, well, we got our coach now and everything's going to be great, and then you come out a third of the way through the season, four games below 500. Yeah, I, I totally understand. And it's one of those things where it's been, a, it's been a multi-year process, not only, and first of all, I do agree with you on the John Collins thing, that was a pure salary dump, and they could say whatever they want to say. That was, that's what that was. And the year before, they trade Kevin Herter in a deal that wasn't quite as pure of a salary dump but made their team worse. And that, that's two years in a row. They've traded a you know, top five, six, seven player on the roster and gotten basically nothing back for that player in terms of actual player value in the present. And it's hard to keep doing that year over year to save money without hurting your team. And, yes, they went out and got Sadiq Bay last year at the deadline. That was a good move on the cheap, and it was a good way to upgrade your roster. But big picture, turning Kevin Herter and John Collins in the short term into Sadiq Bay is going to make your team worse. And, yeah, I mean, would, would they be a title contender with, with John Collins and Kevin Herter? No, they wouldn't be. But they'd be better than this. And they've also let their mid-level exception just kind of sit there. They didn't really use that to upgrade their roster. There's lots of nerdy things I can, I can sort of account for, but this is a team that's not improved itself in terms of the actual player base in about a year and a half, two years. And, yeah, Quinn Snyder is an upgrade at coach, and they, they sort of banked on that. But and you, you know, I also don't want to overreact to a short sample size, but when you kind of come out of these two years of play-in teams and you start this way, it's going to create, and they have to know this, it's going to create some – you know, some, I don't know, frustration, especially from the fan base, like when you're going to be kind of just this team again, it seems like. And they, I, I think that they're probably better than this is the big picture, but the results are what they are. Brad Rowland from Locked on Hawks podcast, a daily podcast about the Atlanta Hawks, joining me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. And, and, and I'll, I'll say this, Brad, um, and again, I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm a little bit emotional about this, but when you, you brought a coach in, Quinn Snyder, last year, okay, and you sold me on the idea that, hey, it's not about this year. It's not about winning. It's about him evaluating the roster. It's about him learning. It's about him installing his system. 
and you go through all of that in the playoffs against Boston and all that kind of stuff, and then you go through your draft and your free agent period, and you go through summer league, and then you go into fall camp, and now you're a third of the way through the season, okay? At what point does it have to start does the does the switch have to start coming on or it has to flip like something has to give here whether it's change up the roster or whatever because again if you're selling me on the idea of not worrying about winning and it, we're going to wait till this point you're still not winning right i mean you're still you're still in a funk yeah that, that's it's all fair and you know the one thing you could say is that this current front office regime, the combination of Landry Fields, Kyle Corver, and now Quinn Snyder has not really made a big sweeping change to the roster. Yes, they trade John Collins, but that was kind of multiple years coming. It was always kind of kind of, kind of end that way with the way it was going. And they added on the margins with, with Bay, et cetera. And I think that they are maybe just trying to figure out which direction to go. Not necessarily buying or selling that linear, but I think that the next change will certainly be a more drastic one with the roster. And I think it's going to be, you know, maybe it's not going to be Trey Young. It's going to be you know, somebody else, somebody else on, on the margins, but it's not going to be a, a situation where they can, especially if they don't win more games, you know, if they're, let's just say they're 500 in a couple of months when the deadline arrives, you know, I'm, I'm not sure it's going to be in season, but by the time you get to the summer, you can't possibly do this again. If, if you're back in the play in again for the third straight season, Tony Rester is not a guy who's known for his patience. Like, there's no way they're going to keep just kind of, you know, churning with this exact roster. So it's going to have to be a bigger change. I think they, they have their brain trust in place now with Quinn, who they've invested a lot in. I think he's a good coach. So it's going to have to be the players that change, and uh, we'll see how it's sort of drastic that they, they all things. So do you think that if things kind of stay status quo, I'm not even looking at the trade deadline. Like, does something need to happen sooner? I, I'm, and again, I'm not saying push a panic button or or, or get freaked out, but – you can't keep, you know, again, it was 25% of the way. Now it's a third of the season, you know, and we keep hitting these benchmarks of, okay, well, we're still in the same spot. Like, I don't want to wait until the trade deadline if this thing isn't working out. Go make a move if you can find one sooner than later. Yeah, and I do get that. I mean, the part, honestly, the reality is it's not like a satisfying thing to say, but the reality is in the NBA – the vast majority of trades in season happen within like a 10 day period. Right. And it's usually right, right before the deadline. So like, it's not, it's not unprecedented for, it to go, for a deal to happen now, but it's, it's very rare, especially for a major type of transaction. That's going to like really alter your team. And yeah, you know, often it's kind of pushed by injuries or something like that. And yes, Jalen's been out, but um, it would be more of the exception to the rule than the rule for them to make a deal this early. But I'm not saying they shouldn't do that. I mean, I'm sure that they've been active, but I, they would be not doing the jobs. If they were not making calls already. You know, a lot of the league right now, is actually in Orlando at the G League Showcase, which is more of like a more like a conference of the league versus actually on, on the court stuff. So maybe that'll come out of that. But yeah, I, I, I do understand. Like if you look at the standings and you're 11 15, the sky's not falling. Your like, your season's not over in the way that like some teams are. Like if you're Memphis and you're kind of just like drawing dead now, the Hawks are fine. The Hawks are in the you know nine ten spot. That's not where they want to be. But you could sort of talk yourself into patience if you wanted to. So I think they're more likely to do something in a couple, in maybe a month or a month or so from now than they are in the next week or two. But uh, you know, it wouldn't shock me either if they sort of looked around, especially with, with the way that Tony likes to kind of do things and uh, you know be um, not necessarily the most patient guy in the world. Like they might want to just go ahead and move now. So we know that offensively they can score with anybody in the NBA. Like they're they're an elite offensive unit. But obviously they're a you know a disaster you know right now defensively and 
And again, I know Jalen Johnson, and he's the best wing. I get all of that. But is it too simplistic to just say, hey, they need to play better defense, and that will fix a lot of things? Is that that too simplistic, or do you think that there are other issues that are underlying the lack of success for this team? Certainly the big issue is is the defense in general, and without Jalen, they do have – listen, even with Jalen, they have personnel issues defensively, in my opinion. The the personnel is not good enough defensively, and you could certainly argue, and I probably would, that they should be that they should have been better than this to this point on on the floor defensively. But look, before the season started, the path for the Hawks to be good this year was elite offense and just enough defense. No one was arguing, including me, that they had the talent to be a top ten defense. They they, they just don't. So you're you're kind of hoping to not be 25th. You want to be you know 18th on defense, something like that, which is kind of you know that's an arbitrary number. But they're trying a little bit of different things with Johnson out. You know, Quinn's been saying that necessity is the mother of, uh, the mother of invention because they've, they've kind of had to play the two centers together uh, for the first time in four years. Like Kongo and Cabello have been playing together, and it's actually kind of worked a decent amount on defense. That's helped them. But I really do think big picture, small picture, long-term, short-term, they don't have enough defensive talent to be as good as you have to be to be a contender on that, on that end of the floor. And that's kind of the area that I always focus on. I'm certainly partial to defense in general, but – if you go sort of player by player, it's not always as simple, but like they just don't have enough guys who I would describe as above average defenders, and that's going to bite you eventually. And, you know, I, one of the things I, I talked about with some folks before the start of the season is I was very curious to see kind of how they use Clint Capella and Anyaki Okongu as far as minutes distribution. And, you know, they're about, what, like a minute and a half, you know, of playing time, you know, from one another. I think Clint's about 25, 26 minutes, and – Okongu's 24, 25 minutes or whatever. So, I mean, it's been close. As this season moves along, and, you know, again, obviously Clint Capella has had plenty of beat-up factor and beat-up issues and stuff like that. Do you think that that number starts to turn in Okongu's favor as far as he's playing more than Clint? Or do you think that it's going to stay at an equal kind of distribution throughout the season? I think with how they're playing recently, it's probably going to stay about where it is. Maybe they both go up. That's the one pathway. Like they, like I said, they've been playing them more together. Mm-hmm. Not a ton, but that kind of allows Kongu to play more minutes without having to play Clint less, if that makes sense. Because I think that if you're trying to fix your defense, playing Capella less isn't going to do that. He's one of your better defenders. Right. So it's it's kind of a, you know, and Kongu has more versatility. He can play next to Capella at the, at the four some. Um, I, I've long thought this. I, I think that they are way more likely to trade Capella than they are to have him come off the bench or to have him play a smaller role. I think he's, he's almost too good to play a smaller role. And I'm not, I'm not saying he's this incredible player. He's just, not, he's just a solid veteran guy. But I think that they're still probably more likely to trade him and kind of move on and, and then hand the reins to, to, to a Kongu than it is for those guys to, like, flip roles. I think they're kind of going to be in, this similar, in, in a similar spot. And really the way to have a Kongu play more is to get him more on, on the court with Clint, which they've tried, and it's kind of working. Uh, I said last question, but I want to ask you one, one quick <laughs> other question. Um, it's been a miserable start for A.J. Griffin. And, um, you know, obviously not a lot of minutes. Um, the shooting has been poor. Three-point shooting has not been very good. What's the problem? Like, what, what's the biggest problem for A.J. Griffin? Is it sophomore slump, or where, where are we with him? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think on the floor, his defense is kind of uh, is, is a problem on a team that already has defensive problems, which I think probably leads to him playing less because they just don't think that he can be great on that end of the floor right now. And I think the shooting isn't really a concern for me. He's proven at every lower level, and even last year in the NBA, he's going to be a good shooter. I don't really worry about that. 
I know he's been gone for the last four or five games for personal reasons, and I don't, I don't know what that is. But it's just, yeah, to your point, it's kind of just been a lost season so far for AJ. And that, that doesn't mean that he's like a guy that you give up on at this point, but it's not what they wanted. And I think that, you know, going into year two, especially, again, he had a really, really good, encouraging rookie season, especially when you compare yeah. guys to his, at his age. So um, I'm kind of holding firm on my AJ Griffin stock. But certainly, um, you know, defensively, it's not been great. And then the shooting is kind of what it is. But I think that uh, ho- hopefully he will come out of that. And I think that as he plays more and more, he'll get more comfortable again. Brad Rowland, he is the host of the Locked on Hawks podcast. You can hear him every day on that uh, podcast. Uh, and you can find that on all your favorite podcast platforms. Follow him on his personal Twitter page, at BT Rowland. And he joined me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Brad, my friend, always appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for a few minutes uh, on the show. And we will chat again here soon. Thanks for having me. You got it. When we get back from the top of the hour, we'll be the Falcons flyover. We'll hear from the head coach. We'll hear from the owner who sat down with Jeff Hollinger. The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. I love Jeff, though. I I love Jeff Hollinger, the whole man. I remember him on 96 Rock with Christopher Rude. Uh, Was it Beth? Southside Steve? And that whole crew. Do you remember that, Oren? Remember some of those names, yes. Okay. So you don't even remember you don't remember listening to that show on 96 Rock. I did the Gary McKee hometown radio show. I wasn't 96 oh, okay. Rock. Yeah, all him right. and uh, Munson and Trevor and all of them, yes. And, and, they, and he pushed Bo Bach out of the way? I didn't know he pushed Bo Bach out the oh, way no, there, was, too. No, sorry. That was Brad Nessler. Yeah, that was Brad Nessler on, on the, the, uh, on the uh, ESPN audio, on the ESPN uh, uh, demo tape. So, anyways. All right, Falcons fly over top of the hour. Chuck Reed and Key Studios. Sports Radio, 97 The Game, the Odyssey.com app.